This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. This is your weekly fix of everything Minnesota Twins with all the news, moves, and more. It's the Twins Hot Stove Show, presented by Killebrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Here's the host of the Hot Stove Show, Chris Atterbury. It is indeed the Twins Hot Stove Show, and I am indeed Chris Atterbury, live from our network headquarters here at Target Field. Things thawing out just a little bit here in the upper uh, Midwest Still nice and balmy down in Florida as the Twins charging hard towards opening day. Hard to believe we're about uh, three weeks away from first pitch of 2019 right here at Target Field. We have got a great lineup here tonight. We're going to check in with uh, pitching coach Wes Johnson momentarily from Florida. Also going to check in with Jake Odorizzi. Now we spoke with Wes and we spoke with Jake yesterday prior to Jake's debut here in spring training. Spoiler alert, it went well. He should probably talk to us before all of his starts and Wes was kind enough to carve out some time for us as well because today, well today is the rarest of things in spring training. It is an off day and the players enjoying that in Fort Myers. One guy not enjoying the off day, Miguel Sano, you've probably heard by now, had to come up to the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, have a a procedure on that cut on his heel. He is not uh, going to be able to make the bell on opening day. In fact, he's probably not going to play until May. He joins the likes of former All-Star Salvador Perez and Francisco Lindor within the American League Central, who will not be available on opening day. So Sano, the big news But we've got Wes Johnson to chat with now. He's got a lot of pitchers in camp. He's got his technology in place. And my first question to Wes was, how does he find enough hours in the day to deal with all of the guys he's working with? Well, to start off with, yeah, Chris, thanks for having me. uh, But, no, camp is going good. Uh, You know, how how do we find time? Well, well, you just shave a few hours off the old uh, alarm clock every morning and and make sure you're getting (laughs) up early. But, no, it's going really well. And, you know, that's the way I've always coached. Uh, I, I want to individualize things for guys as, as uh, you know, I've done for probably going on probably about eight years now. And, and so it is tough, but I think the results that we're, we're getting and the feedback we're getting from our guys is, is good. And, and so believe me, uh, you know, Jeremy and I will continue to do that. Well, and if you talk about one field where individualization is requisite, it has to be pitching, right? Because every body's different, every grip is different, every hand size is different. Uh, everybody's body is going to function optimally in a completely different way. Yeah, and you know, not only that. I mean, it's, it's funny. I, I've been asked a couple times in spring training by you know by people, "What's my pitching philosophy?" And I said, "Well, you got to give me the guy first, right?" <laughs> yeah. So you know, uh, you, you look at a Jake Odorizzi. Um, and what he does versus a Mike Pineda, for example. And, and granted, they're two different body types, but they're also, they have two different pitching plans. You know, Mike's more of a, a sinker slider guy, and, and where Jake's able to throw the ball up in the strike zone because he has, you know, exceptional ride and carry on his fastball. So even from the standpoint of, 
of not only their throwing programs and what we're doing with them in the weight room, the training room, et cetera, but just, just their bullpens where you've got some guys who are throwing down in the zone and some guys who are throwing up in the zone. And, and so it just, yeah, I mean, a lot of that detail is what we're trying to hammer out with these guys. One thing that always sticks in the front of my mind, Wes, when I think about your approach and, and your history and your expertise is that your job right now is to get these guys to be pitching as effectively as possible when the ball drops, whether they're pitching in the big leagues, AAA, AA, wherever. you got to get out. You have to get those results. But I'm also thinking in the back of your mind, you've got a broader plan for these guys as you get your hands on them individually as well in terms of, hey, long-term, here's something I could do with this guy. Long-term, here's something I could see doing in an offseason to build velocity or to change arm slots. Is that a, a whole separate notebook for you as you go through spring training? Yes, you know, that that's something that, that Jeremy and I have already started to put together for guys, especially some of our younger guys. Um, because, that is, you know, it's it's we're trying to give them – ample time as well in this because that's our future and that you know that's what we're going to see in 2020 so to speak you know in minneapolis so no we're doing that right now and and that notebook is filling up quick not (laughs) not with a lot of things it's just uh, we we have a lot of really good young talent in this organization and obviously that's a credit you know to Derek and thad and what they put together and but no i mean we we have already started um, it's funny you bring that up because it, we met on that this morning. But, um, yeah, we're putting together those plans, and we're really excited. And, we're, and you know, we're going to give them a, a little something. Uh, you don't want to give a guy a bunch of stuff during the season yeah, uh, because he has to go out there and compete and, and do different things. But we're, we're getting to the point where we're going to give them a couple of little things to try to try to change during the season, and then – We've got some really good, you know, off-season plans for some of these guys. Now, this is a question that's probably better suited for you and I to discuss only this question over the course of a multiple-hour program. But I'll, <laughs> I'm going to ask it anyway because to me, it's it's the question right now. So much is made of uh, the utilization of technologies that allows you now, and this is the terminology you're hearing from guys to build a pitch. To, to, to literally create a pitch, kind of like the weird science guys in that uh, movie back in the days uh, created sure. a party guest. I, is that something you believe in? Can you build a pitch? Can you model a pitch uh, from scratch? I think you can. Um, you know, we're using a product called Edutronics, which is a really high-speed slow-motion camera, to show these guys what their hands are literally doing as they release the baseball. And so what you're seeing is, is you know, we're dealing with high-level athletes and these guys are able to take that and manipulate the baseball and once they see what they're doing uh they can make a small tweak to that to create a pitch and um i can't tell you the feedback we've got you know i'm real big on texting our guys uh videos of of stuff like that and you know i get a lot of yes oh i know exactly what i can do to make this sink a little more or cut or, you know, develop more of a slider field or whatever it may be. And, um, you know, it goes back to not only telling them why we're trying to do something, but then showing them how they're doing it now and then giving them a plan to move forward. And that's what our cameras, our slow motion cameras are able to do. Yeah, and we'll get back to the why in a minute because I know that's something players love, the, the fact that you guys are giving them a why and the personal relationships. And I think the buy-in is phenomenal, and it was even palpable at Twins Fest how excited the pitchers were to – to welcome in this communication and this technology. 
But on the idea of building a pitch, if it was as simple as anybody could throw it, you know, okay, I'm going to add Chris Sale's slider, I'm going to take Kluber's breaking ball, I'm going to add uh, Verlander's fastball, but is is some of the secret sauce in figuring out which type of pitch works with maybe the biomechanics or the body style or the, the mental style of the guy that, that is going to be throwing it? Oh, 100%. I mean, you know, and that's where analytics can really come in and play a part when we start to look at what does this guy need Maybe he does have an exceptional fastball, for example. And so to make him a lead or make him to that next level, what would match up with whatever that pitch is he has? And, and that's how we're attacking it. Um, and, and you do. You do draw off of other guys who have had success, right? Whether it's you go old school and look back in the days of not old school, but guy I loved to watch when I was growing up was Pedro Martinez. and you know, So maybe you've got his power – his power stuff, and you're trying to add that slider. And, and, and you show these guys that. You say, hey, or, you know, I just had a great conversation with Johan Santana here, and we're talking change up. And, um, you know, just taking those guys and then showing them, hey, you know, if we can get you to get a change up similar to Johan, for example, this will do this for your fastball. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what we're coming at them with the why. Uh, we're not just grabbing pitches and saying, hey, man, everybody needs a cutter, or hey, everybody needs a power changeup, um, you know, we're, we're trying to match it up with whatever their stuff is. Yeah, it's just which goes it's back to individualizing. Yeah, it's well. just so fascinating how how long these conversations because could go on because there's no end to it, right? Because then the right. hitters are going to adjust, and then usage and and how to balance pitches. It's just a fascinating field, and uh, you are so well steeped in it. We look forward to hearing more about that as the season goes on. Wes, if you can hang on a second, we have to give away some root beer real fast. Our What's Brewing okay. competition is brought to you by Killerbrew Root Beer, and we asked last week after hearing from Marwin Gonzalez, all of our listeners, to say what position they thought Marwin Gonzalez would make the most starts at in the coming season. And our winner in our What's Brewing competition was Caleb Weisgarber, who said, I think Marwin Gonzalez will end up spending the most of his time at first base this year because of the young talent and big signings extensions at most other positions. So Caleb is going to be hoisting some Killebrew root beer on us this week's question. And you can play uh, via Twitter, at Twins Radio, hashtag Twins Radio. And this is right up your alley, Wes. In the era, in this era of baseball, what do you as a fan feel is the best metric or stat to evaluate a pitcher and why? I don't think you could answer that in 280 characters, but we're going to let people have a crack. At Twins Radio, hashtag Twins Radio. Again, in this era of baseball, what do you feel is the best stat to evaluate a pitcher and why? We're going to hear more from Wes Johnson in a bit. Going to check in with Jake Odorizzi as well. It's the Twins Hot Stove Show brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. We're back in a moment. On your home for Twins Baseball. Welcome back to the Twins Hot Stove Show. It's brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. It's made in Minnesota, how memories are created and legends are made. Appreciate everybody joining us all across our network here on a Wednesday night in Twins territory. Those joining us on Facebook Live and, of course, those podcasting us. And we'll pull the, the curtain back a little bit. We are actually chatting with Jake Odorizzi prior to his Tuesday start against his former club, the Rays. And he's kind enough to uh, give us some of his time. And, Jake, it's going to be really difficult to match the excitement and interest level of the conversation you and I were just on the uh, perimeter of about carrying wallets in the front of the back pocket with about half of the twin staff there in Fort Myers. It tells me maybe the sun is getting to Dustin Morris a little bit. Is that fair? Yeah, it was a great debate of back problems, and uh, it started with Mike Herman having a hole in his pocket. <laughs> 
Frank stitched it up for him so it wouldn't fall through, and then it transferred to wallets and pockets and health issues. So we're, we're just covering all aspects of life around here. And, and that's spring training in a nutshell right there. That's basically what, about this point of spring training, that's where the conversation level is. I want to start with your offseason, and, and firstly, a public congratulations, the addition of, of Maddox Odorizzi to your family, uh, and how exciting that had to be for you guys in the midst of the offseason. Yeah, it was exciting. Um, you know, it's a big buildup during the season when you have an off-season baby. So uh, thankfully, um, everything was everything was good. After he came out, he came a couple weeks early. So um, he's doing great, though. Um, healthy and just a regular boy of eating, sleeping, and filling a diaper up. So um, not too much has changed on that front. But uh, he's doing really well. Mom's doing really good. And uh, our oldest is three. His name's Rhett, and he's enjoying being a big brother. So... A lot going on, but a lot of great stuff. Yeah, Castro told us on this program that the diaper changing comes back quickly. Was that the case for you? Yeah, yeah. It's just like once you've done one, I feel like you can do any uh, <laughs> a number of them after that. So uh, as long as they cooperate and don't get you uh, with their uh, with their business, you're, yep. you're in business. All right. Well, you're going to be in business against your old club, the Rays, today. You've had a nice spring. And I want to go back to a conversation you and I had in the clubhouse at the end of last year. You had had a frustrating run of it for a bit. You put together some really nice, quietly put together some really nice starts down the stretch. And you and I were just chatting one day, and you said you were you were frustrated that it took you that long to find it, but that you felt you were going into the offseason having found yourself again. Then you went off to Baseball Ranch, and you kind of built off of that. But d- do you stand by that? Did you feel that, that those last few starts you did find whatever you needed to, to head into the offseason on an up note? I did. You always want to go finish on a high note if you didn't have a year that you're happy with. And, you know, last year I wasn't very happy with. And a number of reasons. A lot of it just because I felt good, but I was created a lot of bad habits from the year before. And uh, it took, you know, it takes time to really get through those. And I think that's the thing that most people maybe don't recognize is, you know, pitching is such a repetitive sport. And if you create bad habits through, um, you know, you're dealing with an injury, you're playing through it, whatever it may be. Even when you're healthy, you still have those habits created, and it takes time to just, you know, break them and really work through them. So it probably, like I said, it took, you know, all season pretty much, but I was making adjustments from start to start, and I wasn't seeing the results. So I think that partially was why it was so frustrating because, uh, you know, you want to see those results when you feel like you're, you know, kind of making strides in the right direction. You want the, the results to match what you're putting in. But, um, yeah, it ended up a lot better than, than what it started with. I think the middle of the season was kind of that rough patch of, uh, previously in my career, I was able to kind of write the ship pretty quickly, one or two starts. But you know, whatever reason was, there's more clunkers last year than I can ever remember having. So, um, yeah, I just kind of took what I finished up with and really went into the off season with an open mind and trying to get back to how I felt um, I was at my best in like 15 and 16. So, uh, Randy Sullivan and I worked uh, worked well together over at the baseball ranch, and uh, like I said, it took another couple months to really feel like I achieved everything that I wanted to. So um, I'm happy with where I'm at. It'll be my first outing of spring today. So we'll see uh, We'll see how things go. But spring training is always a, an interesting thing anyways of trying to <laughs> – trying to match intensity levels and all sorts of stuff. So it'll be good, though. Now, people may be familiar a little bit with Baseball Ranch and Randy through some of Kyle Gibson's work there in the offseason. You have a lot of options of different people you can look to and go to in different programs. What was it about what they were doing there that you felt was a good fit for you? Uh, just talking with Gibby, um, you know, he, he had used him. And I, his uh, college pitching coach, I worked with him um, 
and his name is Brian DeLunis, and he was from St. Louis area, which was where I'm from originally. So I'd worked with him, and then Gibby said he used him down in uh, Plant City, which uh, is about 45, 40 minutes away from where I live at in Tampa. So I figured, you know, why not drive over twice a week and get some baseball work in? And, um, you know, it's kind of a – if Gibby recommends somebody, I trust him. And uh, – it, it was very beneficial. I'm glad I kind of stumbled across it just through conversation and knowing how much help that he had um, given uh, Gibby. So I'm hoping, uh, you know, love to have that kind of a, a turnaround uh, for myself and just, I guess turnaround's a bad word. I just want to get back to how I how I should be pitching and uh, what I'm capable of doing. Just, you know, just take away a year and we can get right back on track. Sometimes you just chalk up a crappy year and, and move on from it. Did you get an oven mitt? Did you get one of the big Kyle Gibson oven mitts? I do have one of those. And uh, it's, it's very convenient for a uh, couple of rainy days in Florida when you can't really get outside to play catch. At least you can kind of replicate uh, some catch inside the house. Now, well, you got the two boys now too, so I, I I have no problem finding people to chase balls around in your house. I would uh, I yeah, would imagine. I need I need Red to get a little older so we can play some quality catch. And I'm sure he's probably got the hockey gear, so you're not going to hurt him, right? So he's going to be okay, I think. He does have hockey gear. He actually takes hockey lessons when we're up in Minnesota, so that'll be starting up here pretty uh, pretty soon. <laughs> now let's talk fast forwarding from your offseason to Wes Johnson. He is a guy who was involved with some of the stuff going on at Baseball Ranch previously, but. The, the energy, right? I mean, that's the first thing when you talk to him is the energy and just how deep he is into trying to make every guy better. Um, and I noticed when I when I talked up the guys at Twins Fest who were here, how quickly you guys as a staff, from a veteran like yourself to a minor league guy just you know hoping for an invite to camp, how quickly everybody seemed to be buying in and the ears were on and people were, were, were listening right away. Yeah, I think he just took the effort in the offseason to come visit a lot of us, and that's um, that means a lot because the first time he sees you throw is not going to be spring training. It's going to be you know coming to your house or your area where you're from and putting in that extra bit of effort to get to know you beforehand because spring training is such a whirlwind with 60-plus players in the clubhouse and everything that goes along with that. So I think it, for me personally, it meant a lot that he, you know, took the time to come out um, and kind of get to know me, have a, have some food, sit down and talk and, you know, watch one of my workouts over with Randy, which like I said, he worked with him in the past and he's, they're very close. So kind of a good thing, but everybody's taken to, to what he's been preaching pretty well. And I think what he's been able to do is kind of show people why he's wanting to do this and giving you the information to go along with and not just telling you to do it because I said so, but showing you the information of why it's working, why you should be doing this. And there's always a reason to what he's asking you to do. And he's always willing to divulge that. So it's not just a, Hey, listen to me because I'm, you know, the pitching coach now it's, it's a back and forth and a give and take too. So um, he's been very receptive and been recepted well here in the clubhouse. So, um, He's gone about it the right way, and I think uh, it could be a really special year for our pitching staff if uh, everything that we're working on now starts to become you know, second nature. Well, I agree with you, and I tell you, speaking of receptions, it's impossible not to like Rocco Baldelli if you spend any amount of time with the guy. Now, you uh, had probably more experience with Rocco from your time in Tampa than some of your current teammates, uh, but he's a pretty special human being. Is it funny to you now to see him sitting in the manager's chair as opposed to your prior relationship with him where he was kind of the the, the young goofy guy yeah, i don't know if he's a goofy he's very um 
Um, he's very smart, and I've, I got to see him in so many roles in Tampa, too. So I think, like. And he was good at all of them, right? That's yeah, the thing he was about very him. Good at all of them. He was our outfield co- uh, coach, our first base coach, um, did base running, then he worked in the front office, did scouting. So, you know, him never being a manager, I don't think really affects him when it comes down to it because. Um, he's done so much other things that have kind of prepared him to be a manager. And I saw, like I said, he did something new every year. So I don't think this is anything strange for, for him to be in a new role. And he's done a really good job in camp um, running it and letting the coaches kind of do their thing and overseeing it all. So he's, you know, he's not overstepping and trying to change everything. He's doing a good job of, you know, the coaches that he's hired, the coaches that were here, he's letting them do their job and he oversees everything. And it's, He's been doing a really good job, and I think you know once guys get to know him a little bit more as the season progresses, spring training progresses, there's going to be a really good um, rapport with him, and he's just a guy that's almost like an extension of a player. He's, I mean, he's still in his upper 30s now, and he looks like he can still put on the uniform and play, so that resonates really well in a clubhouse. Yeah, it, uh, and again, impossible not to respect and like the guy when you're around him for, for more than 30 seconds. Jake, we can't tell you much uh, enough how much we appreciate you chatting with us here prior to making your spring training debut. Have a great outing today. Again, congratulations on the, the birth of your, uh, your your son Maddox in the offseason, and can't wait to see you healthy and raring to go up here in Minnesota. We'll have the uh, the, the ice zamboni for Rhett when you guys arrive. You might need the ice zamboni for Target Field, too, so... <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully it'll all melt before we get there. But looking forward to it. Thanks for having me. And, uh, yeah, still looking forward to a healthy spring. That's Twin starter Jake Odorizzi. It's the Twins Hot Stove Show brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer Made in Minnesota. How memories are created and legends are made. We're back with more. And Wes Johnson next on your home for Twins Baseball. Chris Atterbury welcoming you back to the Twins Hot Stove Show. Only a few more of these to go. And the next thing you know, we'll be playing baseball every Wednesday night across our network. Pleased to have you aboard. It's brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer Made in Minnesota. How memories are created and legends are made. We started our program with pitching coach Wes Johnson. We heard from Jake Odorizzi, who... Uh, made his uh, first uh, appearance of the spring against his old team, the Rays, yesterday. And now we're back with Wes for our three cuts. Want to remind everybody that you can weigh in on our What's Brewing competition at Twins Radio, hashtag Twins Radio. In this era of baseball, what do you feel is the best stat to evaluate a pitcher and why? Lots of choices there. Wes, this is called three cuts. I'm going to ask you three quick questions, and you can just answer them however you please. Sometimes the questions are good. Sometimes the questions are bad. Sometimes they're right right in the middle. And I'll go back to our previous uh, conversation about building a pitch. And I want to jump you into a time machine to back when you were still pitching. What pitch would you have tried to build for yourself? Whose pitch would you have tried to emulate uh, for your body type, your release point, and how you would throw? I definitely... Pedro Martinez the slider. Do you have the long oh. enough finger? You got those big long Pedro hands? No, no, I don't. I don't. <laughs> but you know, I mean, in a perfect world, I would have. I mean, I was a slider guy, and it might was okay, but obviously not near to his level. But if, if there's one that I could build, I would love to manipulate the baseball the way that guy did. Yeah, he could do a lot of different things, man. He could do a lot of different things with the baseball. Oh, All right. Fun to watch. We will give you Pedro's slider. The sad thing is, if you had Pedro's slider, we wouldn't be talking to you because you'd probably still be pitching. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> with, with Pedro's slider. Number two, you have obviously had a massive impact at the collegiate level. You're having a big impact, and it's only just scratching the surface here with the Twins. This spring training, has it taken some getting used to not to hear, and I say this as a guy who spent some wonderful years working in the college game, not to hear ping, ping, ping? Now there's a different ping. It's, it's that sound when they score up a wood bat, you're like, uh-oh. It's like a uh, rifle it's shot. Like a li- yeah, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a loud sound. Yeah, so you, so, don't, you don't uh, miss the ping? 
No, I don't miss the ping at all. Not, I would much rather hear the, the squaring up of a woodback. As long as it's not your guys throwing the squaring right, up for the woodbacks, exactly. fine. I, I like like when C.J. Crone the other day hit a couple homers. Boy, no, you no. like as a pitching coach, you're really good when you got guys like that hitting homers at the plate for your team. Yeah, it's funny how that so, all balances out. <laughs> the final question is that Wednesday off day, that that most valuable of all things in the professional baseball world, and that is the off day. Now, you're a guy who burns it, man. You spend a lot of time working and dissecting and are never far from the job. Will you unplug on an off day, or have you already filled up your off day with 27 hours worth of uh, different tasks you can attack? Well, I try to do this on my off days. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'll take till about 10 or 11, you know, for myself just to get, you know, relax, and then it'll be back to the grind. I mean, we, uh, we, we've got a lot of guys, so no, my, my day's pretty full tomorrow. But no, from till about 10 or 11 tomorrow, the phone will be turned off, and I won't, uh, I won't answer it or do anything. And after that, it's back to the laptop and analyzing the yes, data and sir. getting ready to go? You got it, 100%. Well, I tell you what, it takes a lot of effort. You're putting in the effort, and you're working efficiently at it. And, Wes, it's exciting what you and Hef and everybody are doing with his pitching staff. The, the pitchers themselves are excited, and we can't uh, wait to uh, warm up up here and see you up here on opening day. Appreciate your time. Thanks for having me, Chris. Y'all have a great day. All right, too. take care. That is Wes Johnson. He's the Twins pitching coach, a fascinating guy. And, again, uh, conversations, endless conversations can be had uh, about pitching and, and analyzing pitching and how to make guys better. And he and his assistant, Jeremy Hefter, are doing a great job with that. want to thank Wes for joining us, Jake Odorizzi for joining us as well. Again, we're counting down. Only a few more of these Twins Hot Stove shows for you until Wednesdays belong to actual games. The Twin Hot Stove Show is brought to you by Killiver Root Beer, made in Minnesota, how memories are created and legends are made. We'll make some more memories next week. For now, Chris Atterbury saying so long right here on your home for Twins Baseball. You have been listening to the Twins Hot Stove Show, sponsored by Killiver Root Beer, made in Minnesota. It's how memories are created and legends are made. This has been a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network.